are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Hi, my name is David and I'm from Hong Kong. Um, lived in Thailand for a little bit. Um, and now I study at the University of Surrey, um, majoring in law and minoring in criminology. And yeah, today I've been asked to share a little bit about how I became a Christian and I guess how that's changed me and my life um, ever since. And so I always grew up in a Christian family and both my parents were very involved in, um, in missions and hence why we went to Thailand um, so that my parents could do their missions there. Um, and I think as a kid, I, I never understood what that meant. It was just a lot of transitioning for me. Um, and Christianity, starting from that point in Hong Kong and in Thailand during those times, was quite, it was just going to church, um, you know, getting perfect attendance um, in Sunday school, um, knowing all the Bible stories from heart. But it just felt really empty, like in a sense that there wasn't that understanding of, of Christianity being a relationship that we have with our, with our Father. Um, and I guess that kind of bored me out a little bit, like that kind of turned me away from faith for a little while. Um, it wasn't until I went to um, my school, um, my high school here, which was a Christian international school, where in one of the camps, during one of the worship times, um, it was just a song about how we are God's children and how He's our loving Father. And that kind of opened my eyes um, and kind of the first glimpse of what Christianity is like um, when we have a relationship with our Father, um, to know how much that He loves us. Um, and I guess starting from that point on, I kind of dived in um, into what it meant to be a Christian. And through that, I kind of became a Christian. Um, I did get baptized. I got baptized two summers ago, um, but I guess after that moment, it was more about, um, it's just so much more powerful to know that the God who is in control of everything, the one that's the most powerful on earth, um, is by your side, is rooting for you, is loving you, and I guess that's kind of what opened my eyes to see that it's just not about religion you have to do things um, for the sake of doing it um, but kind of building that relationship with God um, and through that I've, been, I've definitely seen how God's been so faithful in providing me with a church um, with a family with um, a great group of community and friends um, back in uni and also in Hong Kong as well um, yeah it's just being a Christian and after finding, I guess, realizing this hope, um, it's just made me a lot more cheerful person and kind of like with a purpose, you know, each day and and also kind of motivate me to um, get more involved in worship as well since that's kind of what started it all um, in my faith journey. Um, and I guess it's also very important that um, we serve God with the talents that He's given us. Um, I guess that's kind of like how I became a Christian, really, in, in really simple terms, in really quick terms. 
Um, but definitely, after being a Christian, it's been definitely there's our there's challenges and hurdles and obstacles ahead. Um, but to know that God's always there and that His plans for us always for us to prosper and have a future. And I guess that's one of the verses that's really um, driven me through high school, um, especially coming to uni as well. Um, I guess to know that God's always there and ever-present, um, always rooting for you. Um, that's sort of what encourages me the most, um, that changed me the most, I think, after being a Christian, um, after finding my hope in Him. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I became a Christian, um, how it's changed me um, in very simple terms. And I hope that really encourages you um, in your walk of faith, wherever you are at, um, to know that there is such a loving God, um, that we are His sons and daughters, that we are not distant from Him, and that He's always listening. Um, that's definitely given me hope a lot more um, in the past few years after becoming and committing my life to him. Well, good morning, Hope Church, and thank you, David, for sharing why hope matters to you so much. I want to ask you a question to start with. Have you ever got more than you'd bargained for? Or have you ever been expecting one thing and ended up getting much more than that? The other day, we ordered a takeaway from Ty Terrace in Guildford. And you can imagine my delight when I got home, opened up the bags, and there on top of the curries and the rices was a free bag of Thai prawn crackers. More than I expected. Or, or maybe, and sadly, this, this has never happened to me, but you've arrived on that dream holiday. And as you arrive at the hotel check-in desk, the lady says, I'm very sorry, Mr. Poulton. There's been a mix-up with the bookings. I'm afraid we're going to have to upgrade you to the room with the sea view and the private pool, but at no extra cost to you. Expectations exceeded. Or maybe this one, and this really did happen to us uh, a few years back. Uh, Helen, my wife and I had been hoping to start a family for several years and suddenly Helen did fall pregnant and we were obviously overjoyed at the thought of having this baby together. Well, our wildest expectations were about to be exceeded as we went in for the first scan and the sonographer looked up and told us that she could detect two heartbeats uh, in the womb and we were going to have twins. Talk about getting more than you had anticipated. Well, if you've been with us over the past few weeks, you'll know that we've been going through a series of amazing encounters that Jesus had with real people during his life here on earth. Each week we've seen how Jesus has brought life-changing truth into people's lives and hope into otherwise hopeless situations. And this week we're going to look at another of these encounters and see just how different the outcomes were 
from what the various protagonists in the story expected them to be. We're going to see how limited and sometimes limiting our view of God's saving grace and love for us can be. And we're going to learn how we should anticipate every interaction that we have with the Son of God, Jesus, to be a life-changing one. If it's your first time with us here at Hope Church, or maybe even the first time you've ever looked in on a church service, then this is a great week for you to be with us. This message is all about someone who was looking in from the outside, not part of the in-crowd, not part of the religious institution, not a face that fitted. And we're going to see how Jesus spoke to him directly, honestly and lovingly to turn his life around and bring him into the most amazing family that he could ever be a part of. And if you've been a part of Hope Church for years and this is your hundredth or thousandth time with us, then this message is also for you. I want to show you how our expectations of what our meetings with Jesus will be like can so often fall short of what he wants them to be. And perhaps even more importantly, I want to remind us that he is just as interested in having that life-changing encounter with the person that you see as the most unlikely or most uninterested of characters. Let's start by reading about this unlikely meeting together, and I'm sure you'll recognise the story uh, when it starts. Emily is going to read for us from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 19, and starting from verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Wow, it's a real blink and you'll miss it sort of a story, isn't it? But there's plenty of action in there. And I want to start by zeroing in on the main character in the story, this short, rich man called Zacchaeus. Now what little we're told about Zacchaeus by Luke the writer, it's not particularly complimentary, but the least we can say about him is that he had some level of curiosity of this man Jesus who was coming through his town. 
What do you think drove Zacchaeus to come out and join the crowds that day? I think it's a fair assumption that it, it was probably little more than first century FOMO. That's the fear of missing out. Jesus' profile would have been growing all across the region and being talked about all across Israel. And the fact that he was due to come through Zacchaeus' town would have been a pretty big deal at the time. I imagine it was something like when the Olympic torch came past back in 2012. You remember when it came through Guildford? If you were here at the time, I bet you were out on the streets to see that flame go past and it would have been just the same for Jesus. I want to suggest that Zacchaeus' expectations of that day were little more than getting the, some, some good shots for his Facebook profile to put on his news feed at the end of the day, that he'd been out to see Jesus. I think even the fact that he was seen climbing up a tree to get a better view betrays something of Zacchaeus' mindset about that day. You see, Jesus, to Zacchaeus, was someone to be viewed and observed from a distance, not someone to interact with and engage with. But how radically do we see Jesus confound Zacchaeus' expectations of that day? Not only does Jesus stop to address him directly, but he goes on to invite himself right into Zacchaeus' house to be a guest. This is the most intimate and private of interactions, usually only reserved for close family and friends. And of course, we get the, the beauty of seeing how the story ends. A, a few moments or, or maybe a few hours, we're not told how long uh, Jesus stays with Zacchaeus. But just that short time in his company and Zacchaeus's life has been completely turned on its head. He's no longer a, a stealer and a cheater. And in fact, he's giving away even more wealth that, than, he's, than he's duty bound to do. And we don't hear of Zacchaeus again in the, in the Bible. But I think we're quite safe to assume that his life was never the same again after that day. Do you think that's more than Zacchaeus was expecting when he woke up that morning? I think it was. I wonder if you can identify at all with Zacchaeus here today. The fact that we're now meeting online rather than physically gathering together each Sunday actually has given a lot more people the opportunity to look in on our church without having to, to commit to things like actually stepping into a church building or, or even leaving your house. Perhaps, like Zacchaeus, you've come along today wanting just to observe from a distance. And you're sat there in, in your metaphorical tree branch and you're wanting to see all that's going on without actually getting involved in interactions and discussions. And I want to say something to you this morning, if that's you, that is so uh, fine with us. You are so welcome to be with us here today and you are expected uh, to do nothing more if you want than just observe and watch along for as long as you feel comfortable doing that. But I also just want to point out something else to you, that that actually was the mindset that I think Zacchaeus uh, came to see Jesus with that day. And so if that is you 
perhaps you shouldn't be surprised if Jesus has actually got more in mind for you today than just watching on from a distance, just like he did with Zacchaeus. You know, it's one of the wonderful characteristics of Jesus that he reaches out to us when we need it most. In all our fears, all our reservations, our nervousness, our anxieties. And Jesus stops at the base of our tree. He looks up into our eyes and gently says, I want to have a relationship with you today. And when he says those words and we come down and we spend time with him, we realise our lives will never be the same again for the better. He brings love and joy and peace and hope to us and radical change in our lives if we'll accept his invitation. Just like David found uh, in that we heard in the testimony, what he thought was an empty, rule-following way of life turned into being a living, breathing, loving relationship with the God of the universe. So please, we love having guests and visitors joining with us and just looking in. But here's the health warning for you. Jesus has the power to exceed all of your expectations of what your day was going to be like if you'll let him. And if you need more help unpacking any of that today, then please, please get in touch with someone uh, through our website or through the YouTube channel. And we would love to help you unpack what that means for you today to have that relationship with Jesus. It's a life changing thing. I want us to look at another of the the characters or group of characters that we see in this story. And it's a group that you could easily gloss over if you didn't stop and pause for a moment. They get a a pretty dishonourable mention there in verse 7 about their their mutterings. Of course, the, the backdrop for this whole story is the crowd. The crowd also had their expectations of what a meeting between Zacchaeus and Jesus would be like. Knowing the background and character of Zacchaeus as they did, I imagine that their expectation and and perhaps even their hope for any interaction between him and Jesus would involve things like an angry rebuke from Jesus to Zacchaeus about his lifestyle and a a cold critique of the inequality of the the Roman tax system that had, had made Zacchaeus so rich unfairly. And then Jesus would give a detailed exposition of the eighth commandment. Do not steal Zacchaeus. I think that's what people would have expected and hoped for perhaps that day. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, you'd have heard Steve Petch from Welcome Church talk to us about a group of people called the Pharisees, the Jewish religious elite of of Jesus's time. For them, the saviour was someone who would come with anger and retribution, pardoning only those that had at least superficially observed the Jewish laws and punishing all those that were against it. I thank God that Jesus did absolutely nothing of the sort. The crowd couldn't stand that Jesus chose to even talk to this man, one of the worst at keeping those laws let alone that he would sit with him and eat with him in his own home. Jesus, they thought, should spend time with the very best people, 
not the very worst. The doctor, they thought, had come for those that seemed outwardly healthy, not, of course, for the sick. What's our attitude to those currently outside of the family of God? I would hope and I would guess that it's probably not quite as extreme as the Pharisees, but just like Steve explained to us a couple of weeks ago, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can sometimes carry similar thoughts and ideas to the Pharisees, even if they do play out a bit more subtly. Picture those people that might, when we were meeting physically, have wandered into one of our meetings and that they perhaps just don't quite fit. Maybe it's that homeless guy carrying everything he owns in a few carrier bags with him. Maybe it's the single mum with uh, the kids running wild from multiple partners and turning up late to the service. Maybe it's the alcoholic man stumbling in, still drunk from the night before, slurring his speech. How would we treat any of those people coming into our meetings? And what, what do you expect for any of these people as they encounter Jesus? Put it another way, and this is just a, a theoretical example to get us thinking. Imagine you have the, the responsibility of leading a meeting in the church. And as the, the time of worship is drawing to a close, you see two people coming down uh, the, the aisles towards you. And it's obvious that they want to, to share something with the whole church. One of them is the visiting speaker. He's come from a, a renowned church just down the road and he's well known for being um, in touch with, with the Holy Spirit and hearing from God. And he wants to share something. And the other person is perhaps one of those characters that I've just described, the homeless man, the alcoholic. And they too come down and say to you, I've heard something from God and I want to share it with the rest of the church. I'll ask you a question. Who who would you hand the microphone to first? Who do you expect to bring something of value to the meeting? Who do you expect God to have met with? Now, it's a, a theoretical example and there's lots of nuances you know, beyond that, that question. But you get my point, right? It's so easy for us to have some sort of unconscious bias towards the people that we just don't expect Jesus to meet with and to use powerfully, right? Let's learn something from the crowd's expectation of Jesus' meeting with Zacchaeus this morning. Let's never let our view of someone's position, past or presentation, colour our expectation of what Jesus wants to do in their life. In fact, the very opposite Let's expect for Jesus to meet powerfully with those who are actually seen as the very least amongst us in our society. Because that's exactly what Jesus did while he was here on earth, just as in the case of Zacchaeus. Okay, on to the third character in the story, and that's Jesus. What did Jesus expect of his meeting with Zacchaeus? Now, 
just suspend the, the fact that Jesus, being fully God, knows everything, past, present and future, for a moment, if you can. And imagine what Jesus, seeing Zacchaeus up in that tree that day, and then hearing about his deceitful past as they talked over dinner, Imagine what Jesus expected of their meeting that day. Do you think Jesus ever doubted that Zacchaeus' life could and would be turned around so dramatically? Of course not. Jesus knew that each and every time he met with someone, he had the potential for it to be a life-changing encounter for that person. Just look back at any of the stories that we've seen over the last weeks in this Hope Matters series and you'll see a series of life-changing encounters that Jesus had. And if Jesus knew that back then, then he still knows that it is just the same today. Each and every time he meets with someone, there is the potential for that person to never be the same again. But how does Jesus meet with people now, 2,000 years after his earthly death? I want us to just look briefly at John chapter 14. Uh, You can read the whole chapter later, I'd encourage you to do so. But Jesus says these words amongst amongst others there to his disciples. Jesus says he knows he's going to be killed and and leave this uh, earthly body says this to his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. We could spend hours and days exploring what Jesus sending the Holy Spirit to us means for our lives. But I just want to focus on this one point for now, and it's this. We can meet with Jesus today because he has sent us his spirit to be with us and to live in us. Do you get what that means? We don't just have to read about these amazing encounters with Jesus in the Bible, but we get to have the same encounters ourselves today, any and every time we engage with the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We don't have to wait for a man to be coming through our town or climb a tree to hope to get a glimpse. This Holy Spirit is living and active in us whenever we call on him. Here's my question and my challenge to you this morning. What do you expect when you come to meet with Jesus through his Holy Spirit? What's your expectation when you come through the doors of our church or or log on to our meeting on a Sunday morning? Are you expecting a few songs and another nice message from the preacher, perhaps? Are you expecting to catch up with friends and have something for the kids to be entertained with for an hour or so? Or do you come expecting to meet with the creator of the universe? who knows you and loves you and gave his son to die for you and wants to have a personal relationship with you. I really think this is something for us to get a hold of today. It's so easy for you and for me to go through the motions of our church life, 
particularly if it's somewhere we feel comfortable and familiar with. We've been Christians for several years now. But this should never, ever get to be a routine for us. Jesus was and is in the business of radical, life-changing experiences. And yet, I think so often, and I'm as guilty as, as the next person in this, that we settle for a, a one-off meeting that might settle our eternal future, sure, but followed by a lifetime carrying on as if very little has actually changed in our lives. Jesus can and will change your life again today. You may have given your life to him 10, 20, 30 more years ago, but you might still be living off that first encounter without ever realising that Jesus wanted to meet with you again and again every day. One preacher uh, I heard said it something like this. He said, the joy of salvation is that when we are saved, we are welcomed into God's house forever. The tragedy, though, is that sometimes many years after that, most of us are still stood in the hallway of the house rather than exploring all the rooms that Jesus has for us uh, in his house. I want to challenge us this morning to raise our expectations of what our ongoing meetings with Jesus will be like. We've seen that meetings with Jesus in the Bible mean joy and healing, freedom from shame, freedom from sin, friendship, acceptance, hope. I could go on. If you need any of these in your life right now, and I really mean any of these and much more, then he is still the same God today and he, as he was in the time of Zacchaeus, and he wants to bring you these things as you meet with him. Let's expect him to do amazing work in us again this morning, each Sunday that we meet together, every time that we meet with him on our own throughout the week. You know, this is why we're called Hope Church. It's because we believe that we can all find hope in the one thing, the one person, nothing else. The name of Jesus is the only thing that has the power to bring us hope for today and hope for tomorrow. In a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm just going to invite Jesus to meet with us now through his Holy Spirit. If you want to meet with him, if you want to have any of those things that I listed in your life today, why don't you pray along with me? Wherever you are, however you're watching us, when you ask Jesus to meet with you, maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time, you can be certain that whatever your expectations of the hope that he can bring, that just as the, the verse says, he will be there able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let's pray. Father, we just want to invite your Holy Spirit now. In these few moments of quiet, 
we ask that you meet with each one of us for the first time or again. Lord, fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, where there is suffering and pain and sickness and loneliness and fear and isolation, by your spirit, won't you give us all that we need to meet those, those things? And Father, may we know that your salvation, power and work is freely available to everyone, no matter where they come from, no matter what their situation. Jesus, for those people that are here asking to meet with you for the first time, I ask for a powerful encounter that will change their lives forever. We ask it all in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.